0: To horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Before we get started, this is the trigger warning. We're going to be talking about horror culture and horror things, so there could be discussion of such uh, sensitive topics such as murder, child abuse, F-bomb, the R-word. There's going to be bad stuff. We're going to be talking about bad stuff. So with that out of the way... Uh, That is what this podcast is about. Steve, you want to tell us about uh, some of the things that we're going to be uh, having coming up?
1: Sure. Actually, uh, we haven't done any self-promotion in a long time. So I just posted something on Twitter the other day. promoting your webcomic, which guests can go find at pieces-compendium.com or go to our Twitter uh, page, which is just uh, horror makes us. They didn't have enough room for horror makes us happy. So it's just at horror makes us, um, for a link to that. Also, I created a code discount code for my book, um, a guide to the recovery toolbox. You can get that f- the, Online version for 99 cents at SmashWords using code coupon code LE69E. Again, that's also a Twitter if you don't want to write that down. Um, that'll be good for the next 90 days. <clears throat> and I think that's it for this one. Uh, you know, I did go to StokerCon two weeks ago and then Days of the Dead, uh yesterday, actually. So there's been a flurry of activity. We've got um 10 authors, a director, and an actor all confirmed for guests coming up. So we won't bother listing them all out this time. (laughs) But today, Chris.
0: Today, we have the company of Mr. Ray Angelic, producer known for such works as Fright Night, uh, Carriers, and just so many others. It is a pleasure. Welcome to the show, sir.
2: Uh, Well, thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, what was it? Um, Ariel Schulman, I think it was, uh, mm-hmm. suggested you. I don't know if you have listened to any of the calls, but basically the theme of the interview is we will ask you about horror in your childhood, teenage years, and then adulthood, and then kind of do a summary wrap up at the end of any topics that have come up to see if we can find you know, it, it does not happen for everybody, but sometimes there's a common thread that runs through in a person's entire life about what it is that really, you know, comes, comes out of horror for them. Um, actually, before we get into that, do you want to let us know what you're currently working on?
2: Uh, yeah, well, the answer to that is not a Nothing. whole heck of a lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Though Obviously the writer's strike has shut everything down. Um, so, you know, looking at, um, planning out and coming up with what we call production plans or budgets or schedules for a few upcoming projects, um, that may or may not go. Uh, and then, uh, well, really Beverly Hills Cop four is the, uh, uh the latest project in the hopper. Um, so we're, uh, in post-production on that. Oh, nice. Well, I mean,
1: at least you're in post.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. so Absolutely. <laughs> much,
1: much more chance that that's going to happen.
2: Yes, for sure. <laughs>
1: So starting with childhood, what were some of your earliest memories of scary
2: things? You know, I, I I was lucky enough to sort of be a little kid in the 70s and in the New York area. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, what I mean by that is there were a lot of great horror films on TV all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Channel 9, Channel 5, Channel 11, they, they all had uh, the million dollar movie, the 430 movie. There was, there was always a universal monster movie on, and I would absolutely identify as sort of a 70s monster kid. Um, I had, a uh, uh, my dad, uh, he was an older father and, uh, uh, was able to claim having actually seen the original Frankenstein in theaters. Wow. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, he was, he was very, you know, I mean, he would have been like four years old or something, but he remembers, <laughs> uh, cowering on the floor and screaming, um, <laughs> and crying, but, but yeah, that was my thing. I would say, you know, as a kid, my, my early horror movie, uh, memories were, uh, were a lot of horror films on TV uh of course the magazine Famous Monsters of Film Land which uh you know was the bible to every every monster kid back in the day so yeah a lot of a lot of universal monsters a lot of Godzilla a lot of the Roger Corman um Edgar Allan Poe adaptations uh when it would come to the 4:30 movie they did they did theme weeks so you'd have a Godzilla week you'd have a, a Dracula week you'd have a You know giant monsters on the rampage week so every day after school you'd run home and uh you know (laughs) sit down in front of the tv and watch a horror film
1: nice yeah on the uh corman poe thing i know chris alexander one of our pre previous guests he was um previous editor fangoria and I, i can't remember the name of the magazine he's doing now but i think he just had a book come out um about the corman poe stuff
2: oh wow Yeah, Yeah. those were those were crazy ones as a kid. Um, You know, I I remember watching the Mask of the Red Death and having no idea what was going on at all. Just that there were creepy or scary moments. And I I remember there was a I I think it's Mask of the Red Death. uh, There's a guy in a gorilla costume at a masquerade party and they like light him on fire and hoist him up on a rope. And I just remember (laughs) several of us as kids being a little freaked out by that scene.
0: It's a little freaky yeah six kids that's uh, (laughs) understandable
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely i remember there being a
2: masquerade party in that story movie but i don't Mm -hmm. remember the gorilla part yeah i hope i'm not mixing it up with another one but um regardless of the movie the gorilla costume on fire was a was a a (laughs) bit much for five-year-old me for good reason yeah yeah absolutely
1: uh let's see other things that you specifically mentioned were Godzilla. Um mm. did you have a particular interest in Godzilla or is it just like all well it sounded like all 70s monsters really.
2: Yeah, Godz- Godzilla for sure because it was it was on television there a lot and I would say I'm still a bit of a Godzilla nerd but um uh but yeah absolutely as a kid uh, the other one The standout for me on that one was godzilla versus the smog monster um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know there's there's so many gross sequences in that um he sort of you know he releases his toxic sludge uh, on the city and they cut to uh an image of like a kitten (laughs) like in (laughs) in his sludge and then there's a very trippy sequence that still makes no sense to me where, uh, uh, at a, at a club, uh, or a disco, uh, everyone suddenly has fish heads. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. There's just, there's so much wackiness in that movie, but there's just also disturbing, uh, things in that, like, uh, the, the little boy goes to the beach with his father and his father go, goes scuba diving and, you know, doesn't come back because of the smog monster. And, and, and the kid mm-hmm. is sort of left alone there yelling for his dad and, when the father yeah. is back, he's like half blinded, and and I think the whole rest of the movie is, is in bed, you know, healing from the uh, smog monster's uh, toxicity. <laughs> so it's again, as a kid, it's another one like whoa. Yes,
0: yeah, that's, that's pretty heavy and dark for a kid. Plus, yeah. I think you know, I just saw something. I think like the uh, the weird stuff, like the, like the fish heads in the nightclub, that yeah. almost adds to the disturbingness to of it because you can look at it in, in like a, a funny light, like haha, it's crazy. But also, it just kind of. I don't know, more so removes you from reality in a good way that like,
2: this anything is crazy and disturbing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it does with that, uh, that old smog monster. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Some of our guests have reported sort of this dividing line where prior to the dividing line there, they were afraid of horror. And then after the dividing line, they were enjoying it. Mm. Everything that you've listed here so far was enjoyment. Was there anything that, was there ever a time when you really were scared of horror or
2: was it always enjoyment? Yeah. You know, for the most part, I would say it was enjoyment, but for sure there were moments. Uh, and and one of the, well, I'll, I'll say as a child, the, the couple of scary moments that stand out from movies also in the seventies, there were a lot of made for TV horror films. And mm-hmm. I find people, guys, my age, people, my generation, they have these half memories of these movies. Like, uh, trilogy of Terror and bat Gargoyles, Bad Ronald, um, you know, <laughs> so uh, they were these weird made for TV horror films. And I've just named a few. Uh, trilogy of Terror, the fetish doll monster sequence at oh, the yeah. end of that. Everyone We've, remembers that one. Everybody remembers that. It was terrifying. Though, you know, the, the ridiculous one for me, and, and I've yet to find anybody else who agrees with this, but there was a movie called The Bermuda Depths, and it was made by Rankin Bass, which was the company really? that made yes, that made all the Rudolph <laughs> Christmas specials and the Lord of the
1: Rings animated movie. That's or what not the Lord of the Rings, but well, actually, I think they did part, but mainly yeah. in the Hobbit. Sorry.
2: Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. But this movie, it's one I need to go back and revisit because it was batshit crazy. It's <laughs> essentially about a, a woman uh, who like dies in the eighteen hundreds, uh, but like comes back as a child and meets this little boy and they, and they sort of fall in love. And one of the things they do is they carve their initials in the shell of a sea turtle. And then it like jumps forward to the boy being an adult and returning to Bermuda because the little girl had gone missing or something. Anyway, she returns as an adult ghost and uh, it's sort of this Gothic ghost story uh, that ends with literally a giant Kaiju sized, Sea turtle attacking and sinking a ship at the end, so it literally becomes like a giant monster movie. Hmm. But uh, I, I've probably gone on too long already. But what I was <laughs> going to say is, there's a scene in there where at the adult woman on the on the ship at night turns and looks to the camera, and like her eyes just light up. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I, remember my sister and I both like running up and turning off the TV. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you know that that's the weirdest standout of you know, a movie actually scaring me, but there were more, there were more classic ones. I remember seeing the exorcist as a kid, uh, -hmm. and being very scared by it. In fact, I remember getting up and turning off the TV before any of the real crazy possession stuff. I remember being freaked out by the hospital scenes. Mm -hmm. They have these, it's sort of horrific, you know, she's a child and they're strapping her down and they're putting her in MRI machines and she's crying and, I think there's a sequence where they inject something into her neck, and I just remember that that sequence being really disturbing.
0: Mm. Yeah, hospitals are creepy in that way, you know, especially yeah. with the whole. um I guess it goes in in line with that loss of control thing. You're restrained. There are people hovering over you, and you don't know a hundred percent of what the plan is. So, yeah,
2: Absolutely. hospitals can be creepy. Absolutely, and I would say you know a couple of the little standouts when I was a kid. There was a couple of moments in John Carpenter's The Fog that scared me mm-hmm. and, and a sort of forgotten film, The Changeling um, with George mm-hmm. C. Scott, uh, which is sort of a, it's a haunted house movie that then becomes sort of a murder mystery, but there's sequences in that where the ghost of this murdered little boy is... I mean, not really haunting him so much as reaching out for help. Right. <laughs> you realize by yeah. the end of the book. But as a kid, that uh, I what, remember what having. What for me? Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Well said. Yeah, <laughs> you remember it.
1: <laughs> I actually I didn't see the movie, but some one of our other guests had uh, brought that one up, and I happened to remember that part of it.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that that is part of it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: What what was a you mentioned the fog? What about that one?
2: You know, it's it's funny because so many of the things it, it it's all very specific to me. The things that. I remember being scared by And in that one, it's not even that scary of a moment, but there's one of the zombie ghost sailors is standing. I think he's standing at like a sliding glass door and he's knocking on it. Mm -hmm. And as the character in the house comes into the room or turns around, he just sort of like slides sideways out of frame Mm. uh, into the fog. And I remember that completely creeping me out as a kid. Okay. Oh, and, and the biggest one of all, uh, Jaws, Ben Gardner's head in the hole in the boat. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I, so my mom took me to see that, uh, when it came out. So, uh, you know, I guess I was like six years old or something. And like my father, I specifically remember kneeling down on the floor behind the chairs, crying <laughs> and saying, I want to go home. I want to go home. <laughs> well, <laughs> did she take I, uh, you home? <laughs> she did not. Uh, <laughs> 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 hold on hold this. on
0: it might get better you know
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted this now you just yes, exactly
0: and hey you know if that's anything that's a testament to mission accomplished the movie was scary it had people cowering in fear behind
2: the chairs Yeah, yeah like well six. well done well done mr spielberg
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh did you participate in halloween as a child
2: uh yeah ab- absolutely um you, you know it was costume. funny Oh, Is favorite costume. No, no, I, I I don't have specifically a favorite costume. Um, uh, you know, I think at the time and, uh, and and where I was as a kid, which was about an hour and a half north of New York City, I just remember we literally would run down to like the village pharmacy and buy a, a rubber mask and that was your costume. So mm-hmm. it was sort of each, each year it was just a different scary rubber mask. Um, nothing, nothing like the costumes I see parents doing for kids today. Yes. Uh, um, well,
0: times have changed and so has technology and at least yeah. it was a rubber mask and not the classic, you know, plastic
2: cut your face, Ben Cooper mask. Oh yeah. Those, oh, those were the worst with the, with the completely flammable plastic, uh, <laughs> uh shirt that came with them. Yes. I
0: never thought about the fire part
2: possibility of those. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> it's yeah. that's, uh, that's another yeah. level. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it would just be a different scary monster mask, mm-hmm. uh, each year. Um, but yeah, for sure. Loved Halloween and, and also, you know, being sort of northeast in the country i think that's the best sort of place to be right you get the real fall season following yeah i feel bad when i'm handing out candy to kids these days i'm like that's oh, 85 degrees out yeah right <laughs> yeah.
1: chris currently lives in florida and i was living there for about 20 years so i
2: understand uh, that completely yeah i'm in la now yeah. so no seasons mm. did
1: you happen to have a least favorite costume that rings in your memory
2: I don't know. I don't. I, I know that my mom, <laughs> my mom jumped in one year and made me. Uh, we used to call it Ben Franklin. She made me a little old man, um, but <laughs> but, okay. but it, it it was actually it was actually a great job that she did. Um, but you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to be something scary, and um, I think she uh, she stretched the stocking over my head and pulled string the strands of hair through it and sort of powdered the whole thing and gave me like glasses and a plaid suit, and it looked great. <laughs> It looked great she did a terrific job but i just remember like well this looks cool but i wanted to be like a zombie
0: i was about to that say is. you could zombify <laughs> that up you know you could be zombie ben franklin just a little bit of... damn it i should have
1: thought of that. yeah yeah did you have any scary dreams when you're a kid maybe reoccurring
2: dreams you know i don't have reoccurring I didn't have reoccurring uh, nightmares or scary dreams. I I, I would say that um, I probably ended up having more scarier dreams or more nightmares later in life. But as a as a kid, I remember having dreams about those scary scenes in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember dreaming about that scene I, I talked about in The Fog and and in Jaws. Mm-hmm. But n- no, not not a not any sort of notable amount of okay. scary dreams as a kid.
1: Not every question is going to land. You just don't know until you ask. Sure, sure. Did you have any, was there anything in, in real life that terrified you as a child?
2: Yes, I have. They're, they're both, you know, just these little instances or, or situations, but for sure, the two that I always remember, it's the only two really. One was my sister and I got lost in the woods as a kid. As kids, we were probably like five and six and uh, were lost in the woods for most of the day and wow. then found found a couple of like city workers. Uh, you know, utility truck. We like came out of the woods, we're on the, on the side of a road we didn't know. And we like, went like running towards them, like, help us, help us. And they were like, okay, what's up? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and then they were like, oh yeah, walk like three blocks that way. And, you know, we did, we did in we mm-hmm. were like back in town. But uh, I definitely remember being mostly afraid like and worried about my sister, my younger sister being lost mm-hmm. in the woods with me. And then also with my sister, there was a time we were probably more like 10 and 11 That we were home alone one night and um, something started banging on our front door Hmm. and we were terrified and screaming and we called the neighbor and at this point we lived in connecticut where you were you know mostly in the woods um you couldn't Mm -hmm. see other houses and uh, something was banging on our door and we called the neighbor and i i remember um he came flying up our driveway in his jeep with all of his you know the the floodlights on the roof turned on Mm -hmm. and and it was a it was a giant, <laughs> everyone's waiting for something scary, dog. It was a bloodhound, a big bloodhound. And he was, um, that we had, we had found his astray and took in for like a week or so. And then, um, didn't have him anymore. And he found his way back, back to our house and was like pawing at the front door. But, um, we did not expect there to be a dog or anything else at the door. It was just mm. a, a banging and a scratching and it terrified us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Both things totally understandably unexpected and terrifying. Like yeah. I think the, uh, the getting lost in the woods one in uh, interests me as well too, because it's funny. Like when you're that young and that small, the woods are just vast in comparison yes. to your physical size. So you well, could not only have that, been, but
1: they were probably walking in circles and didn't realize it.
0: That too. Yeah. Cause yeah. they're, they're so huge and just, you know, over encompassing that you don't know you're walking in circles. Meanwhile you get to the road and the guys are like, Yeah, it's like right over there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it was. It's
1: funny too with the dog. You would think that he would have barked or something, but I guess he was just pawing at the door or something.
2: That yeah. was it. No 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 barking, no no barking, growling, yelping, anything. Yeah, just like pawing at the door. Let me in, and, let me in. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. And it was one of those, um what do they call them? Are they Dutch doors, French doors where they're split horizontally in the middle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. um so they I, that door used to rattle a lot so it didn't oh, yeah. take a lot i remember him you know if he was bang, pawing at it it was making a big sort of rattling thumping sound because of that
1: understandable why well, that scared you yeah yeah uh was there ever flipping that last question around <clears throat> to the the opposite was there ever a time in your childhood when you felt completely calm or safe or bliss oh
2: yeah i mean i i i think a lot of times um you know i, I had a i had a I had a good childhood, so there good. were there were plenty of times, um, you know, specifically uh, family vacations or, you know, when I was very little, we lived in a neighborhood full of kids. So it was very Spielbergian that we would all jump on our mm-hmm. bicycles and ride down to someone else's house and then mm-hmm. ride to a, you know, ride to a pool, ride to the lake. So yeah, I have a, I have a lot of good childhood memories.
1: Okay. Nice. Yeah. Was there anybody else in your family who were fans of horror?
2: Yeah. Uh, my dad. And it's, okay. and it's funny because, um, my father's no longer with us uh and like i said he was an older dad when i was a kid Mm -hmm. but it wasn't really until the last few years of his life that i realized what what a, a movie fan and movie nerd he was so while he would you know sort of as a child he'd give me the background on these universal horror movies or these you know hammer horror films that were on tv or the corman ones um And it wasn't until later in life I was like, oh wait, that's not totally Mm -hmm. normal that someone's dad, like he would (laughs) sit there and tell me, well, that's Vincent Price and that's Peter Lorre. And and they were also in this movie. And you know, uh, he, he had, he was, he was a fan and it was funny (laughs) that it didn't totally occur occur to me until later in life. But yeah, he liked all movies, but um, I think because I was kind of a monster kid and he knew enough about them that he was Uh, enthusiastic about horror films and, and took me to a lot that I probably should have never been taken Mm. to. Um, (laughs) That's not uncommon. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like the
0: exorcist, uh, a lot of guests we've talked to surprisingly amount of seeing the exorcist at an age like under 10.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, he took the the two. I remember, well, here's a, here's a great uh, movie. I love to this day, Alice, sweet Alice, Mm. which is also known as communion, also known as holy terror. Mm. But, um, I think that movie is so underrated and, and my father took me to it when I was a kid and uh, the killer in that movie, I won't give away the the ending, but it's it it's this little girl in a, a red Catholic girls' school like raincoat and um one of those translucent plastic masks.
0: Oh yeah. This one's yeah. on my list. Just because the creepiness of that mask by itself is just so simple yet so effective.
2: Absolutely. It's one I think it's one I think it's one of the coolest looking I mean, I'll call it a slasher, but uh, killer slashers in a movie. Uh, and, and the crazy thing about that, that film, too, it, it was made in the 70s, but it's a period movie set in the 60s, and it's like a no-budget movie shot in New Jersey by a guy who was a production designer, and I, 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 it was his first and maybe only or maybe one of two movies he directed. But I think that is, I think that movie still completely holds up. I love that movie
1: you're not the only person that's mentioned that one i know it's come up mm-hmm. at least once maybe twice before
2: it's the mask that's why it comes up it's the mask, in the whole movie especially if you grew up in the new york area it it, it was shot in jersey it all feels like jersey yonkers um you mm-hmm. know Queen, queens it all mm-hmm. of the 60s but um i remember that one and, and then the only time i saw my my father outraged from a movie is he took me to see um at, at my request humanoids from the deep okay Which, if you're not familiar with it, it ends with, uh, I mean, what is now sort of a classic, but um, a monster rips out of a pregnant woman's belly. Mm. Uh, And that was way too much for my dad. He took me by the arm. It was the last shot of the movie. Took me out in the theater, demanded to see the manager, demanded money back. He was was very upset with that one. I mean, I took my kid to this thing,
0: sir. This is rated R. Yeah, but still.
2: (laughs) 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 Exactly. That was exactly it. (laughs) <laughs> uh, so yeah, I would say so that was my my long answer. Sorry about that, but it was you know, my dad. My dad definitely enjoyed uh, horror mm-hmm. films. Yeah,
1: it's interesting though because the way you describe it, it sounded like you said he was more of a just a movie fan in general. But yeah. it, I I think it was kind of like you were saying he he w- maybe was enjoying the horror f- movies because he was enjoying your enjoyment of it. If that makes sense?
2: Yeah, I I, I think it does. I think he had seen and enjoyed. Um, obviously a lot of them too, but he was, he was definitely enjoying seeing them with me and and sort of through my eyes, I suppose you could say, Mm -hmm. yeah, it just, and I'm remembering more talking to you guys, but he also, he brought me to Halloween two and Friday the 13th four, which was my first viewing of each one of those franchises, Okay, which obviously became a bigger, bigger deal for me as I was. In my teen years, you know, and sort of in the slasher phase,
3: of
0: course. Yeah, yeah, those are good ones to start off with. You know, Friday yeah. Thirteenth too. You get to you get to start off with Jason. Or no, it was it was Halloween Two and Friday Thirteenth Four. Halloween Two, Friday Thirteenth Four. Okay, yeah,
2: yeah. Which I still maintain is the best Friday the Thirteenth. I have no comment on that.
0: I, uh... <laughs> was that the one with the <laughs> camp with the kid with the candy bar? Was that
2: four? I can never no, remember. that's five. Oh, which? Yeah. Uh. Well probably have to talk about it in, in, in a minute but, <laughs> okay. but, uh, but no four is the one with cory feldman oh yeah yeah best one by far yeah i agree yeah I, yeah, yeah
1: when i said no comment i wasn't de- being derogatory I, of the two of us chris is more the horror fan i'm more the psychology guy so i do my experience with horror horror is very spotty like there are things mm-hmm. that i know of either from personal experience or picking it up through these calls and stuff like that but like sure. we were, for example, Friday the 13th, I couldn't tell one from two, from three, from four. So <laughs> when I said gotcha. I had no comment, it's because I have no frame of reference. <laughs>
2: uh, gotcha. I got I thought that might be the case or the other, uh, the other reason would be, uh, there's a lot of Friday the 13th part six oh. lovers out there who like to uh-huh. argue that part four is not the best. <laughs> uh. Ah, <Yeah.
1: laughs> well, it sounded like we were about to go into the teenage section. So let's do that. Uh, uh-huh. moving into the teens, w- if you were to pick like the top two or three things that jump out to you in memories from the teens, what would those be?
2: Well, with regards to horror, I'm going to say John Farrell's basement, um, which uh, the psych psych uh, side of you. The psychology side of you is probably right now going, Ooh, what happened to John Farrell's basement? Um, But it does swing back over to the movie side of things in that that's where we all hung out and watched Mm -hmm. uh, horror movies on VHS. Pretty much every day after school mm.
0: that's uh, what i got so that's that's
2: what i figured it was you know it's, it's the hangout spot yeah for sure he, his house was the hangout spot and um you know it's, as as a kid it was watching horror films on tv and shooting a couple of super eight millimeter horror films i in fact when i was like 10 or 12 oh, i yeah i did i did i think in fifth grade i did uh the preppy killings
3: <laughs> no way.
2: Which was about a, an alligator who had come off of an Izod or Lacoste uh, shirt to, no. kill, to kill to kill no. preppies. That uh, is
0: wonderful, and
2: please somehow make that movie happen. Well, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and then I did a Halloween a Halloween sequel where I played Michael Myers and I was probably in seventh grade Cool. and then switching over to high school. Yeah. It was watching horror films in Farrell's basement and then on VHS instead of TV and shooting uh, our own horror films uh, on VHS back in the days where you had the the camera and then the VHS machine slung over your shoulder. Uh And that I would say was sort of the natural transition from monster kid to like horror slasher. It was, I would say that's where, where he went from famous monsters to Fangoria. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, a lot, a lot of nights of watching, you know, horror films in the eighties on VHS. We also sort of fell into a bad horror film, uh, sort of thing where we would, you know, we loved movies like it it could be Ed Wood movies. It could be the Mm Herschel Gordon Lewis movies, Don Dolder movies, but that's where we started watching, you know, blood feast and, Mm -hmm. 2000 maniacs basket case was a huge one. Ah. It's uh, the evil, the evil dead movies. Mm -hmm. Um, It's funny. I remember what I remember about evil dead was, I think when it came out, I was in sixth or seventh grade. And I remember it being talked about on the playground as a movie that scared the eighth graders. (laughs) (laughs) That's a a good ranking system. Like it scares eighth graders. (laughs) Totally. But yeah. And, and, You know, the other thing that would happen back then is you would grab these movies with little idea of what they were and get them Mm. back home and watch them. And and there were movies like I remember my friend John would describe them as movies that made you want to take a shower afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) The one that springs to mind is I remember we were like 20 minutes into the movie Maniac and we were we were all like you know, which is now a movie I love, but back then mm. we we're like, okay, enough of this movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maniac was not only gory, but a little creepy, you know, it's, very, it had that going forward too. Yeah. Both yeah, of them absolutely. really. You've seen the remake
2: too, right? I did. Yeah. I thought the remake yeah. was pretty cool actually. Yeah. They were, they were both great. Yeah. One of those
0: occurrences yeah. where both are good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. A lot of Italian zombie movies. Oh, and well, actually I would say probably Dawn of the dead was the, the American original Dawn of the dead. Uh, um, um which led into the Italian zombie movies, but that was probably one of our biggest, if not the biggest movie we would watch back then. Yeah. What did you like about that one? I, you know, the, it, was, it was fun and gory, and we loved the gore effects in it, and I think just the idea, and, and by the way, the, the, the remake is fantastic too. Agreed. Yeah, loved it. But just the premise of you know a zomb- living in a shopping mall, a giant mall during a zombie apocalypse, is uh, it's just a cool idea.
1: Yeah. Agreed.
2: I mm-hmm. like a little Oasis they made near the
0: end. A little chill
2: lounge. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Need the chill lounge. Mm-hmm.
1: It's funny, when you said uh, John Farrell's basement, I actually thought John Farrell was the director and the movie's name was Basement.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, sh- well shit. Yeah, now, I have to, now I have to call John and tell him to make it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, well, the, to touch on the Evil Dead, too, because uh, the importance of those first two movies was huge mm-hmm. and and i had a i had a super cool geometry teacher i think it was sophomore year mr edwards and he heard me talking about it and he brought in he was from michigan and he had gone to the premiere of the evil dead for years mm-hmm. earlier and he had the the book like the booklet they handed out and his ticket stub and this is back when the movie was called book of the dead before it was uh-huh. evil dead yep and and he gave me both of those things oh Wow. Which I was just like blown away by. So he instantly became my my favorite grown up uh, in, yep. the, in the world. Yep. We're and best friends we'll, now.
1: Did, <laughs> yeah, did, you, 100%.
2: did you pay more attention in, in uh, <laughs> geometry class <laughs> from right. that point? <laughs> uh, you know, let me tell you, the crazy thing is I, I was a 100% like A plus geometry student in that class. Yeah. It, it's. It's Was that before or after the gift? <laughs> I think uh, they, you know, happened around the same time. I think, it <laughs> but uh, but no, just having having a great, cool, enthusiastic teacher always helped. And I, yeah, yes, that that for sure um, uh, made me pay more attention and, and get more into <laughs> it. Uh, and I, one Halloween, he told me make make a horror compilation, and that's what we'll show in the classroom. And I, I remember uh, again in Farrell's basement, we copied, cut together nothing but it was like 40 minutes of gore sequences <laughs> awesome <laughs> and, yeah and then back this was back in the old days roll in the tv cart and mm-hmm. uh, he he let us uh, let me play it and i just remember thinking at the time Like, this is nothing but mutilation and gore and violence. (laughs) You're right. And and one of the, there was a girl in the class who was an exchange student. I think she was. Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. I think she was. You Americans are crazy. Totally. And she was just like baffled and shocked, which was what was so funny because that movie, there was that comedy, Summer School. Uh in the 80s, and it has two horror fans um who keep coming in and disrupting class by staging fake deaths and gore. And there's an Italian exchange student who's just like completely enamored with it. And I was like, And I was like, Great, that happened to me, but she was completely horrified and disgusted. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite. <laughs> uh,
3: yeah. <laughs> Oops.
2: Yeah, totally. I mean, he asked for it. Yeah, yeah indeed, he did. <laughs>
1: Uh, Maniac. You mentioned being grossed out, but um, can you expound on that a little? You, what did you like about Maniac?
2: Yeah, well, you know, at the at the time, I didn't like it. I've I came around oh. in later years to liking it. Um, I, it. It was, I mean, we were we were drawn to it in that it was this dark, disgusting, nasty um, movie. But that's also what sort of turned us off on it um, mm-hmm. at the time. But you know, there's there were a lot of obviously late 70s early 80s films that were uh shot very low budget Mm -hmm. uh, on 16 millimeter with not maybe the best cinematographers uh and some you know really fringy subject matter gross dark subject matter and Mm -hmm. then and then you sort of copied those down to vhs and you sat in a movie and watched creepy joe spinel shot on grainy 16 uh shot on uh, grainy 16 millimeter now viewed On VHS um, and it just had like a a sort of an ick quality um, Mm. uh, to it but that one in particular I mean if, if you're not familiar with the movie he's kidnapping and scalping women and nailing their scalps to mannequins that he sleeps with so it's a it's a it's a gross dark one for sure yeah what about basket case basket case had that that same gritty grimy they're both a new shot in new york too so mm-hmm. they both have this gritty grimy old school new york feel but basket case is just so insane and so batshit crazy and and for us it also appealed to us in like i i said we loved bad movies like ed edward movies uh mm-hmm. and there was a certain entertainment in the in the bad acting or bad dialogue but mm-hmm. Really, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know that movie, uh, you know, it's basically a uh, a head with arms <laughs> um, yeah, being carried around '80s New York uh, Times Square, uh, murdering the doctors who separated him from his older brother's body. Um, yep. So it's it's bloody, it's gross, uh, and it's funny because yeah, that movie really entertained us with its sort of bad moviness, but also I think entertain us with like the over-the-top gore and the insane premise. And I went back and watched that movie a couple of years ago, and it had been a long, long time since I watched it. And I didn't realize until that last viewing, all the humor in it, that, that he wasn't he wasn't taking the movie seriously. Like when we were kids, we took the movie seriously, thought the filmmaker took the movie seriously, and it was sort of a bad, funny, gory movie. And I was like, oh no, he knows he's making a complete over the top, ridiculous exploitation movie. Mm-hmm. So I sort of saw it with new eyes as an adult.
1: Yeah. Went from laughing at him to laughing with him. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Well said. Exactly right. <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. It reminds me of uh, a more recent one that, Shame to admit this about a lot of older movies. Back to the day, <laughs> is still on my list. I haven't seen it, but uh, I imagine it's very similar to Bad Milo. If you've seen it,
2: oh, you know, I've never seen Bad Milo. I, I know uh, of it, but yeah, I haven't seen it.
0: Similar, you know, grotesque mutant creature that the uh, the protagonist befriends, and they um, they kill people together.
2: It's fun, beautiful, <laughs> love it. Also, he well, lives in his butt. Oh okay well <laughs> amazing. Well you know the the funny one I'm I'm not the first person to point this out but uh whatever it was a year or two the movie Malignant. I was like yep. Malignant is basically a Basket Case remake.
0: It kind of is. Yeah, again haven't seen it but from what I've heard about Basket Case Malignant is on the same yeah. yeah, 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 kind
1: of. Yeah. yeah, I actually have seen that one, and I, I guess you could say that. Yeah, I don't want to say yeah. too much for the people who haven't seen it, but yeah, it's
0: eh, it's it's all spoiled in the in the opening <laughs> credits. Fair,
2: fair. <laughs>
1: I don't remember the opening credits, so I can't. They show a
2: lot of it. They oh. do. Mm-hmm. I, I remember having a friend of mine watch that afterwards, and uh, I said, "You have to hang with it, yeah, and, and see where this goes." And about halfway through, he was texting me. You know, what is this? You know, another <laughs> conjuring insidious haunted house. like, no, no, no. Hang just, with it. It, it changes.
0: <laughs> just stay through to the jail scene. At least trust me.
2: Trust percent. That's where, you, that's where it all changes. <laughs> See,
1: I, I suggest after I saw the movie, I suggested to Chris that he really needed to watch it because I know Chris well enough to know what he, some of the things that he likes and doesn't like. And I know mm. this is a hundred percent, something, 120%. You're going to love this movie because Again, I don't want to say too much, but there, there are things about it that I know he's going to love, but also can't think of the right word, but coincidentally, the, the, you know, the opposite, one of the things that he loves that about this movie is actually the thing that I dislike about it. So for me, there was like a certain point where I was just like, okay. <laughs> 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 so I think it, depending on, you know, if you're into that kind of thing, you're either going to love it or hate it, but you know, that there's, there's nothing wrong with that kind of, uh, Polarizing movie because there's a lot of things in life that thinking about like car designs and all kinds of different like mm. marketing decisions, that's mm. love it or hated is something that can can do well for anything, not just movies.
2: For sure. Yeah, absolutely.
1: How about Halloween as a teen?
2: Hey. Yeah, I you know, not that much. I mean, I, I would I think as a teen, Halloween was more about it was going to Halloween parties. If there yep, wasn't right. a Halloween party, then maybe it was hanging out with a, a bunch of friends and drinking a few beers and watching some horror films. Right. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it, it's not so much participating in Halloween, and you're not old enough to be the guys handing out the candy yet. So yeah, it was it wasn't the thing that it, that it was as a child or it is now as a parent. Um, but yeah, you know, mostly Halloween parties.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you have any scary dreams or recurring dreams as a teen?
2: not scary. I think I probably more than a few times had the standard, like stress dreams or anxiety dreams. Like, Oh my God, I walked into class and didn't know there was a test. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm in my underpants, you know, I know those are all <laughs> <laughs> classic. Uh, yeah. I know those are cliches, but I, I would think, I think it was more sort of more things like that as opposed to scary dreams.
1: Fair enough. Mm-hmm. You know. Anything in real life terrify
2: you as a teen? No, not, not really. I, it's funny. there were, the 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 two things that just flashed to mind were a homeless guy pulling a knife and trying to uh, mug me in the city, and then an an angry motorist who, by the way, I recognized as the manager of the local Burger King in Connecticut, yeah. pulling up beside me and beside me and uh, uh, aiming a gun at me. uh because what? I yeah, because I had I had thrown a handful of potato chips out my car window and they hit his car, so he pulled up alongside me and like aimed an automatic at me and started was screaming.
0: Okay.
2: And this happened it's, as a teenager oh, later on adult years. Teen. I was probably 16 um, or 17. So both of those things were the 16, 17, but oddly when both of them happened, I, I wasn't afraid and nor did I panic. I just mm-hmm. sort of both watched sort of both of them unfold and was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> uh, and, and both went away. Like we sort of, the the guy with the knife and I sort of parted ways, and the guy with the gun, I think, also recognized me because I in high school, I had friends who worked at that Burger King. That's how I recognized him, and I think he may recognize me. And we both sort of, you know, our cars parted uh, directions, or he passed me. Um, so neither at the time seemed scary, uh, and I didn't have a sort of flight response, or, or I wasn't scared by it, but then it was maybe a few minutes later where I was like a little bit of an, you know, uh, adrenaline dump w- wore off. And I was like, Whoa, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you uh, <yeah>. know? <laughs>
1: Rightly. So yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think those would be the, those are the two things that come to mind as a teen. Again, n- not terrifying, but you know, noteworthy and weird. <laughs> yes. yeah. and, mm-hmm. and in retrospect, definitely noteworthy. Yeah yes and and definitely in retrospect right because an adult you're like oh i could have been shot and killed for throwing potato chips out of a window
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) completely a reasonable response yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, totally yeah (laughs) flipping that question around uh any time in your teens when
2: you were completely calm or safe for bliss Hmm. yeah well again pretty pretty decent teenage years too little maybe a little less so than um as a child you know parents parents got divorced you're a teenager there's all the bullshit and nonsense that comes with being a teenager Mm -hmm. so yeah but i would say i I was into a sort of a a, i was part of a like a local kind of heavy music scene uh on the weekends it was as a teenager most weekends were spent at this this club in connecticut um which i was always happy to go to and always had a great time at uh, also I was, a uh, uh, you wouldn't know by looking at me now, but I was also a skater. So, you know, there would be a, a, a lot of times where it's just like a couple of friends and skating or a couple of friends and, and going to, um, going to shows. And then also, yeah, a lot of, a lot of very happy weekends, uh, around of VCR, uh, in Farrell's basement.
1: <laughs> mm. yeah. It's funny. Cause, uh. I, I could still use the words Spielbergian in here because you know, teen, teenage years are drama years. And yeah.
2: Yeah. True.
1: So for the social side of things, it sounded like you had friends who also enjoyed horror movies because not only were they watching them with you, they helped you shoot some.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Two of my, two of my closest friends who are still my, among my closest friends today are still very much uh, movie nerds and horror fans and bad movie fans, Joe and John. So, yeah, nice. Yeah. All
1: right. So for adult years, um, Mm. top two or three things that jump out to your mind for horror related stuff in adult years.
2: Yeah. I I would say that, uh, trying to, to break up the decades of being an adult, but early on in Mm. the, you know, the twenties and thirties in many ways felt like the teens, like we all lived in or around New York city. We all still liked horror films. We all still liked the music we were part of now. Now we, you know, we're independent. So, uh, there was a lot more of running around doing sort of your own thing and seeing even more obscure, crazy horror films. Mm. So I would say it was kind of, you know, my, my twenties were an extension of my teens. And then no after that, I mean, look, I'm still, still a huge horror fan. I would say as an adult, it's more about. Uh, trying to turn my wife or daughter onto a lot of the movies that I love um, with mixed results. They're both completely <laughs> open and in, into horror films. Um, my wife is more into the supernatural stuff than the gore stuff. Uh, and always happy to watch a horror film. And my, my daughter who's just gone to her freshman year of college is now at an age where she's also um, I think more open and, and understands things like, Oh, okay. Halloween is, you know, maybe a way cooler, better movie than I thought Mm. 10 years ago. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: It gives you a different perspective as an adult, you know?
2: Yep, for sure. And there's movies I can show her now. Like, uh, uh, the other night, we all sat around with popcorn and watched Clockwork Orange for the first time. Nice. Which... Uh, she she had asked me a number of times to watch and i just kept saying little little too rapey when you're older <laughs> yeah right <laughs> yeah side note uh, on that
0: i heard they're going to try and do a reboot of it and that uh, is not uh, I, I i don't think that can happen this day and age that's a no
2: yeah and and you know as as a a guy who has been part of remaking uh, a classic horror film with satisfying results i'll say um, mm-hmm. but uh, is a is a you know filmmaker and a film fan i I don't know man just if something was a great standalone don't remake a great movie don't reboot or make sequels um to great classic movies some of them sound so great in theory and and then they're just disappointing
0: yeah and there there (laughs) are just so many more that were adequate or not great or classics that would be good for a reboot Uh,
2: absolutely like for instance Look at the thing. Look at the fly. Those are my yeah. my go-tos, right? Like they were mm-hmm. decent b c genre movies of the fifties. Um, but the technology and the filmmaking got to a point where you could take that story and make it better. The fly is incredible. The thing is definitely one of my favorite movies. But yeah, when you say a clockwork orange, let's go reboot it or do a spinoff, uh, uh, stay away. yeah. Although we did mention the Dawn of the Dead remake and that was a great, a great remake of a great movie. That's one of the, yeah. one of the few. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So other than watching some of these movies with your wife or your daughter though, um, mm. and I understand this is sometimes a difficult topic in the adult years. If you're watching a lot of stuff and the phrase I like to use is moving target. Cause sometimes things change. But when I asked for like the top two or three maybe movies or books or stories or whatever that come to mind. The reason that we do that is because often the first ones that come to mind in the moment do so for a reason. Hmm. And so that's why I was wondering if there's maybe a couple that come to mind off the top of your head of, I really like this one. I really like that one.
2: Yeah. Interesting. Um, God, I think I'm a little bit stuck behind the times as far as, um, you know, the movies that I really love, but, uh, some of the more recent ones that have sort of stuck out to me, speaking of zombies trained to Busan, mm-hmm. I thought was like, wow, I'm so tired and burnt out on zombie movies. And, and I love this movie. So yeah. that, that was great. You know, there's another movie and, and this is very, this is recent. I think in the last few years too, a movie that I never hear anybody talk about. And when I talk to other people who really like horror films, they've never seen it, but there's a, I think it's Argentinian and it's called terrified. Oh yeah. Not to be confused with the terrifier movies, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but, um, I saw terrified and was like, wow, this movie is fucking great. Like, why don't more people know about this movie? And, and I would say that it's one of the few movies in recent years or as an adult where there was a moment or two, where I was like, Oh, Whoa, Whoa. That was, <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty atmospheric or creepy. So yeah, that's, that's, that's a great one. Um, and then I think, you know, for the most part, a lot of the films that uh, more recent horror films, I just sort of enjoy, I, I, I can't think of one that's been like a real gut punch of like, oh my God, uh, I find now those are, those are, those usually turn out to be documentaries now. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> the scary like, things uh, now <laughs> are the things that
0: connect to real life. You've got, your, yes. yeah, it's like another thing that's come up uh, in a couple of past podcasts is as you progress in an adult and the more modern horror films, uh, the scare is no longer there, and it's just pushing the boundaries of how gory and disturbing can it be. But you're right; yes. there are a few gems here and there where it does it does
2: hit you for sure.
1: What did you like about Train to Busan? You mentioned that it was different enough.
2: Yeah, I, and I think you know it was in its execution and its setting um, that the, that it's a zombie movie that takes place entirely on a train. So I just thought that it was very well um, executed and sort of an original take on. On at least the setting not necessarily you know the the zombie infection and it has a bit of a a, you know i don't want to spoil it but it has a bit of a gut punch ending too yeah so that one sort of stood out and it's funny i i think that if i really sat down and thought about it like like terrified i would come up with a list of smaller maybe unknown films that that stood out to me and some of them are known like when it follows came out and everybody was into it follows and i went and watched it i, I thought it was pretty great mm-hmm. there was a film again not a lot of people have have watched or maybe maybe they have called the ritual
0: great which, film yeah, that right. and uh no one i'm sorry and and uh, no one gets out alive i love how the two are connected in the same universe oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah absolutely yeah and by the way i think the monster or the creature in um in the ritual is probably like my favorite creature of like 20 or 30 years Absolutely. The whole yeah. and how
0: it actually ties into the the Nordic folklore with the Jotun, just
2: yes. a chef's kiss. Yeah, absolutely. And just thinking of more recent stuff, I can't say I loved X and Pearl, but I did really enjoy them because I, I liked Pearl maybe more than X um was a was a bit of a a standout. There's a little black and white film called Eyes of My Mother, which it's pretty atmospheric and grim and and weird that I've recommended uh, a number of times to people.
1: That's come up in the call or two, I think as well. I don't know if it came up on the call with Ariel, didn't it? Maybe.
2: Oh, really? I bet I recommended it to him. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, there's, there's some good stuff in that one for sure.
1: Let's go back to train to Busan and terrified for a second. So you mentioned gut punch ending for both of those and sounded like maybe you didn't want to give away spoilers, but you know, Digging to the emotional connection that we have with some of these things is kind of highlights or, or uncovers something that uh, is worth talking about. So mm. maybe without giving away the spoilers, part can we talk about how you felt in terms of that gut punt, gut pun, gut punch ending for Train to Busan? In terms of like, what, what was your emotional reaction there?
2: Yeah, that you know that one has a, a sort of father daughter relationship at its core, which I can certainly relate to. Being the father of a daughter right and then it just ends you know really bleakly and sad for for the for the two of them so you know that that one definitely uh kind of affected me or bummed me out it's like you know uh, it's like the end of the mist where you don't see the bleakness or hopelessness or sad ending coming and i think if you add the extra layer which both of them have of like a parent-child relationship it's like oh man well you know what an ending but uh i think i've always i've always responded to that a weird hopeless bleak ending of a horror film sometimes can just bum you out but but sometimes it hits you you know well, well, this one w- while talking just came to mind but like the end of um lucio fulci's the beyond is is one that there, you know some people might might snicker at the execution but i remember just thinking, like, oh man, what is that like that is a great interpretation. I'm going to spoil the ending. That's a great interpretation <laughs> <laughs> uh, of of what ending up in hell would be like. It, like each direction they turn, it's just the same view of like corpses laying across a dark gray landscape. Mm-hmm. Turn turn 180. It's the same view. Turn 180 against the same view. Turn to the left. Turn to the right. And then then they turn to the camera, and their eyes are just white, and they sort of like walk off you know uh it, it into this bleak dark hellscape and i remember like oh what a bleak ending but also man just cool and creepy yeah uh no no relationship no father daughter relationship in that one but
0: mm. <laughs> hmm you know uh sadly again it's on the list gonna watch it oh, you yeah, know yeah. eventually but i have seen this end scene from beyond a bunch of times and looking at it again just now it reminds me a lot of the ending of the void those two people just looking into the gray void of nothingness oh. and,
2: yeah yeah yeah
1: a minute ago you said a bleak ending can be i forget your exact wording but basically like depressing but then Mm. you also said but it can and then you paused and went into a a separate direction Ah. what was the ending of that like it can be depressing but it can be
2: yeah that's a good question if 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 when I pivoted from that, I probably didn't have a great end to that sentence. Ah. Um, (laughs) But, but uh, no, no, but sometimes, you know, you'll, you'll watch a, maybe like a depressing ending and it's just depressing. But then there's other times where you're like, oh shit, (laughs) that's, Mm -hmm. that's, that is dark. Like, like the end of the mist is, I mean, what's, what could be sort of more depressing than that? But, um, yeah, But also you're like, oh, shit, it's so it's so depressing. And then a bus drives by full of people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like, oh, including
0: the woman who was trying to get away and everyone argued, don't go out there. And turns out she had the right idea Uh all the time. Yeah, yes, (laughs) it's effective, I think, is what you're looking for. It's just it's it's definitely effective for an end and a close to the movie because it just leaves you, you know, some films they're over. Some films you can see the credits rolling coming about five minutes away. But films like that, where they have that gut punch ending, they just leave you with that numb feeling afterwards. Like, well, shit. Yes, absolutely.
1: (laughs) What I'm thinking of is it's almost kind of like. Dark jokes in that. You know, there's, you tell a joke and then you've got a punchline, but sometimes that punchline is so much more fucked up than you were expecting that it's Uh just like the transgression of that. The violation of that boundary is just so much farther than I expected that I I don't want to say there's an enjoyment there, but there's for some, some cases in in particularly humor, it is enjoyment, but it's just that the extremity of the violation of the boundary is what is, I don't want to say enjoyable, but again, there's, they're they're trying to find the right word for that, but there's something about that, that the shock of the extremity of the violation is, I guess what be a good way of saying it. Mm -hmm. I
2: I think, I think that's right. And, and, and drawing a relationship between like a dark joke or offensive joke, there's offensive jokes, which are offensive. And then there's, Offensive jokes that are so insanely over the top and offensive that you just laugh at the, the sheer like, <laughs> like, really like that. That's your crazy dead baby <laughs> punchline. Right. Like you mm-hmm. know, just like Jesus. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah.
1: So what about um, the gut punch ending and terrified?
2: You know, I the, so that one's not so much a. I, it's not gut punch as much as it is like, oh, this is kind of hopeless. Mm. You know, it's it's sort of a. How do I want to describe it? It's kind of not interdimensional. Sounds too sci-fi, but it's a supernatural, and and they sort of find the path or entryway into this supernatural realm or or sort of gateway. And I would just say, uh, I, not to ruin anything for people in that movie, it's it's you know it doesn't end on a happy or hopeful note. Essentially, the the scary the scary uh, forces and entities coming through the portal are. are uh, are winning at the end of that movie. Mm-hmm. But that, that it's funny. Cause that movie has, um, there, a lot of people know an image from that movie, which is this decomposing little boy sitting at a breakfast table. Yeah. <laughs> um, but haven't seen the movie, but I, yeah, I, I would say that that's just another one where the ending you're like, Oh boy, we're, we're losing. They're winning. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> so how about, uh, Halloween as an adult?
2: Uh, hit or miss. I'm a, I'm definitely a fan of Halloween. Uh, my daughter's now at, uh, an age where, you know, she's doing the teenage thing, go to parties mm. in our old neighborhood. Uh, well, first of all, let me say my wife all in hundred percent house gets totally decorated. Lawn gets nice. decorated. She does the costumes, costume and makeup, something different every year. Uh, when my daughter was younger and we lived in a neighborhood, that got a lot more kids. I used to, um, uh, we had a sort of a big bay window and I would do a, I'd put up a rear projection screen and just play this goofy Halloween DVD of like ghosts and Phantoms sort of drifting back and forth through the window, and I'd have speakers outside. Cool. Mm. I was also a fan of I would sit on her porch and I had a trick line going to a tree branch to a big uh, tarantula that I would lower on people as they came. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. As it came up our driveway. Uh, so when, when my daughter was younger and we were in a neighborhood it was a, a much more trick or treat kid neighborhood, um, we got into it. We're in a neighborhood now that gets uh, very little foot traffic uh, for Halloween, but my wife still goes all in. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and the other thing for me is when I'm in production or working on a movie, oftentimes I'm, I haven't been home for Halloween. So, if, yeah. you know, if mm-hmm. I'm in Atlanta or New Orleans or Toronto working on a movie, I miss it all together. If I'm home, right. I might throw on one of my Michael Meyer masks and stand on the front porch giving out candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so cool. I love the season and the atmosphere of Halloween. I just uh, don't, you know, don't celebrate it as much as maybe uh, my wife does. Yeah, you're busy. So yeah. is she also a horror
1: fan or does she just like the decoration decorating the house kind of thing?
2: First and foremost, it's decorating the house because it's every holiday, um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know, Easter, uh, Thanksgiving, every she goes all out. That's for, why I asked. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. But but she does. She loves horror films. She is not a like a. she's not a horror film geek. Um, like me, you know, that we have a big horror convention in Pasadena every year called monster Palooza. Mm-hmm. My daughter and I go to that. She, she doesn't go into, she doesn't go to that. So, but she will, she will watch a horror movie any night of the week. And she really is into like the, the supernatural, uh, stuff okay, cool. over, over the gory stuff. But so Halloween is a bit of both. It's decorating and she likes the the horror aspect um, of it. So
1: cool. Yeah. Uh, Do you have any really scary dreams as an adult or reoccurring dreams?
2: Not reoccurring. I, I will say, uh, I hate to say this publicly, but I have a lot of nightmares, Mm -hmm. but, but Mm -hmm. they're completely random. Some of them are the parental one, like my daughter went away to college and now I'm having nightmares that she's not coming home, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. but, but other ones are just completely unrelated to anything in it's just, um, having us, uh, I'm in a hellscape version of New York city with zombies. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I think the influences of books I read as a kid and movies I've been watching my whole life, uh, definitely wormed their way into my dreams. So, um, yeah, so, uh, the occasional reality based parental one, but mostly, um, you know, not reoccurring, not related, but, uh, definitely a fair share of scary dreams.
1: I wonder if there's a recurring theme or something.
2: Mm yeah i have uh, I haven't thought about that um hard to say. I would say not completely dissimilar from the ending of the Beyond. There is a lot of like what is this terrifying, bleak <laughs> landscape I find myself in mm-hmm. but yeah they're they do seem to be all over the the board i I suppose if I really sat down and thought about it or talked to somebody, I might find a theme, but not one mm-hmm. springing to the top of my head okay.
1: We'll leave that for a different podcast.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Has anything terrified you in real life as an adult?
2: No, no, not, okay. a, not as an adult. Uh, I mean, there's been, you know, there's the passing of my father. There was, you know, there's people I've, I know I, a family friend who died of COVID. My, my, my father, when he passed away, there was uh, on location on a film I was in, there was a, a terrible accident with some fatality. So, you know, fair share of real life tragedies, but you know, the ones that, that, that happen. So not anything, not anything yeah. terrifying or I was afraid of, but certainly like some, some oh shit moments there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I mean, it's better that, uh, you know, they fall into this category than any of the others that they could fall into.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Flipping that around again, uh, any time in your adulthood when you felt completely calm or safe or bliss?
2: Yeah. Uh, again, like, like the other, phases of my life. A lot of them. I will say that as an adult, uh, it, that now tends to be at home on my couch with my family. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. so yeah, yeah, lots of comfortable, secure, uh, blissful hanging out with my family at home moments. Understandable. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So for the next two questions, these cover your entire life and it's not just about okay. horror. So it could be any genre and I'm going to give you the two questions at the same time. Cause it could be the same answer for both or, or two different answers. But if we were asked what movie have you watched more times than any other? And what is your favorite oh. movie?
2: What would those be? Uh, oh boy. Uh, watched more than any other is probably something really embarrassing. Uh, if I, if if I thought <laughs> about it, uh, you know, because there were just so many, 12 to 18 nights or weekends where it was like, all right, let's uh, let's watch that. Uh, not, not counting porn. <laughs> I, 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 I don't even know what that even means, but uh, no, but so many times where i it, it would be like, all right, let's watch Godzilla versus King Kong again. Let's watch. And that's Godzilla versus King <laughs> Kong, not King Kong versus Godzilla. But uh, right. so there's the likelihood that the correct answer is a Godzilla movie is probably up there. Uh, the likelihood mm-hmm. that it would be a Monty Python film could be in okay. there. That's yep, where watch For it. sure. High school. Geez, I, another completely random one. The Kentucky Fried Movie sprang to mind. Uh, yep. <laughs> oh, man. Show <laughs> me I your say, balls. A while. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Show me your nuts. That's hey, hi. USA. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 yeah, I would say. Uh, okay. So Evil Dead 2 is Definitely a contender for both favorite and most watched. Mm -hmm. Dawn of the Dead would be way up there. Oh, you know what? uh, I'm also a big Bond fan, James Bond fan. So Goldfinger might be a serious contender for most watched. Mm -hmm. poof boy, I'm jumping around a lot. The Road Warrior would be a contender for most watched back in the day. Yeah, that's the best one. Yeah, for sure. So I'm looking at posters in my office. And I would say, so if I had to boil it down to just. I love, I love Taxi Driver. I love Halloween. Mm-hmm. I love No Country for Old Men. I love The Thing, which would definitely be a contender for both most watched and favorite. But I think, and it's probably a common answer, that if you were to average the two out, it, it's probably Jaws. Yeah, okay. yeah. As yep. far as favorite, uh, for sure, most watched, it's up there. So yeah, yeah. And then again, going back to high school and. You know my friend's basement i mean got blood feast basket case (laughs) you know there's dawn Mm. of the dead um so many uh you know gory silly bad movies
1: let's talk about goldfinger for a second what did you like about that one
2: i'm i'm definitely a james bond fan and that was the movie that started it for me uh that would have been when i was you know i don't know like seven or eight years old it came on TV and I remember this time was actually my mother, not my father. Um, I put the TV on and we were flipping through channels and it was something to the order of her going, Oh, you'll probably like this. And you know, I I remember watching and going, Wait, what is this? <laughs> you know? And and she and I remember my mom telling me, Oh, it's you know, it's James Bond and he's a secret agent and you know, he has gadgets and guns and blah 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 and it, it was pretty deep into the movie already. And and I just remember like wow this is amazing and then you know this was pre video store days so then it was just hoping for another James Bond movie and and back then I think it was like Sundays or Mondays the ABC movie of the week uh, would occasionally be a Bond movie and and I remember the earliest ones were the ones I suffer so Goldfinger on TV then From Russia with Love uh, on TV and then I don't remember if it would it would have been Thunderball or. Um, uh, you only mm-hmm. live twice, so all the early Connery ones on TV as a kid. So Thunderball was this mm-hmm. sort of I'm, I'm sorry, not Thunderball. Goldfinger was the first one I watched. And look, a lot of Bond fans will say it's you know, it's always in sort of the top three. It's it's really mm-hmm. it's really when the franchise found its footing and became the James Bond series. Mm-hmm. You know, the first it's the third in the series. The first two are great, but really that's the one where it's like he nails it with the gadgets and the girls and the you know Goldfinger's the is is the first big great megalomaniacal james bond villain so yeah i think that's just such a classic bond movie that it's probably the, the one i've definitely one i've seen the most and you know they screened it a couple of years ago at the new beverly cinema here in la and and i took my wife and daughter and uh when the lights came up and we woke up my daughter, she looked at me and said, are you fucking kidding me? (laughs) Because she she just could not, she had less than zero interest in the movie. uh, And she, and she was actually Mm. like annoyed I had taken her to it. So that was,
0: that that was, well, there's a certain nostalgia angle and you know, it's a different time. So yeah, I guess it's not for for, everybody. For
2: sure. And, And by the way, I got the same thing from her in the last Bond film, no time to die. I, I looked nice. over and she was asleep, <laughs> and uh, and was not a fan. So I think I think Bond uh, in my family, I'm I'm the sole Bond fan, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Shane. All right, so here's where we kind of discuss common themes that might be have come up uh, during the call, and then talk about okay. that a little bit. The two things that I'm hearing are, you know, a lot of monster movies. And then fun, basically. Mm. I mean, yeah. uh, all the stuff that you talked about in the teens, and even your you know favorites that you just talked about here, um, a lot of adventure, basically adrenaline yep. kind of stuff, which is completely understandable. I mean, the monster movies, uh, you know, sometimes are a power dynamic thing. Like a lot of times, kids. You know, you don't have a lot of agency when you're a kid. And so there's a kind of wish fulfillment of being able to be this, you know, strong, powerful monster. But in your case, it may not be so much that as just the excitement of excitement. I mean, adventure and stuff like that, because it didn't sound like that theme continued on through the rest of your life, if that mm. makes sense. Possibly humor in there with Monty Python. Actually, Monty Python was my. I don't know if I was selected that as my favorite movie, but definitely the one that I probably watched more times than any
2: other was. Holy uh, Holy grail for sure. sure. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And then also there were some themes of, you know, the time with your family, obviously with your mom and dad, but also sitting on the couch with your family uh, in your adult years. So yeah, I mean, it all sounds like nothing out of the ordinary, shall we say? I mean, having fun is, it's a very common thing. Uh, People like sure, fun, you know? Sure. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, there's not really, to be honest, not a lot to dig into there in terms of why it is that you like those things.
0: Yeah. What is it about fun that you <laughs> find fun? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. You know, <laughs> why, why do you like fun I know. So I feel much? like
2: I've let you guys down now. I feel like there's, there's something about <laughs> no. <laughs> fun.
1: Uh, not at well, all.
2: Uh, so, I mean,
1: the the next question after that is why horror? Because, you know, obviously, like with James Bond, it's Adventure, Mad Max, uh, you know, there's a lot of different avenues to find fun. So do you have any idea what it is about
2: horror that speaks to you more than other genres? Uh, oof, that, I'm not really sure what it, uh, I mean, I think my answer is maybe embarrassingly, uh, uh, simple, which is that it's cool, <laughs> you know? It's like, <laughs> as, as like a you know five, six, seven, eight year old boy, it was like, whoa, what is this? This is so cool, and I, I feel like in large part that's still what it is, you know. There's the cliche of, uh, oh, it's like a roller coaster ride, you know, up, down, scary, thrilling, fun. I think that's all part of it. I think I've always been attracted to the the artistry that is specific to horror films um special effects special effects makeup mm-hmm. uh production design costume design of it just there's been attraction to sort of all of that stuff but i think really at the end of the day if i boiled it down i would just say like i don't know i, I think it's like cool monsters are cool monsters are fun uh, to your point i would say my you know my other genre would be like action adventure you know when we were talking about movie scene the most uh i could just as easily say "Mm, raiders of the lost ark is probably up there and aliens is probably up there and some old westerns but um i think that you know i come back to horror for the i mean you might have nailed it with the fun uh it's fun it's cool i've always uh, appreciated the artistry of it when i was younger i liked being scared and creeped out that doesn't happen that much anymore obviously but uh yeah i don't know and maybe maybe under this fun loving guy there's a dark side <laughs> but i think it's beca- i think it's <laughs> because it's it's cool and um for whatever reason i enjoy
1: it potentially something that might be there that we just haven't uncovered in this call because i mean there's only so much you can say in an hour or two but um you know when you talk about the artistry and the design i'm wondering you know because you say well that's cool and then not- an obvious follow-up question to as well what's cool about it and then you talked about the artistry and the design so then i started wondering okay well is it just that it's something different or unexpected and that reminded me of the conversation we had about these extremely bleak endings being you know the extremity of the violation of what was Mm. expected and then i started also thinking about um you know talking about being a skater and the music scene. And so I'm wondering, is, has there been maybe um, a theme of counterculture stuff in your life that we just haven't addressed on oh, this call? Uh,
2: yes, for sure. I, I think, uh, I think I would say for sure. Uh, that was part of it. I think a part of it as a, as a little kid, there is something, so something about monsters, right? You, you, they're the outcasts. I, uh, I, I remember, mm-hmm. got it. I'm going to, I'm going to screw this up, but I remember, uh someone once sort of running through what the different what the appeal of different universal horror movie monsters were to to kids right it was frankenstein you're awkward you're the outsider you're Mm -hmm. you're not you're not um popular beloved uh dracula he's he's what those so the frankenstein is how young boys might feel dracula he's cool he's suave he gets the ladies that's what You know young boys aspire to or want to think of themselves Mm. uh the same person went on to say and and the wolf man well that's that's puberty and your body going through changes and and i bring this up to say that all of those things are relate relatable to kids for sure and maybe there's something there that that uh as an outsider or an awkward kid um is relatable or attractive and then i i would say for sure. I, I've always been more drawn or into sort of outsider music, art, culture, subcultures, um, uh, for sure.
1: Okay. So like I say, there there may have been something that there's this other avenue that just didn't come up because of the, que- the questions we chose to ask, which is completely understandable. Sure. Is, is there anything that you've thought of that might be relevant that, ha- that we haven't asked that, or maybe something you did think of. And then the conversation took a left hmm. turn.
2: Um, no, not, not really. I, I'm, I think your last point is, is sort of the interesting and has something to it that it is a little bit of the. Outsiderness mm. of horror, but no, I don't think we didn't. Uh, I don't think we've really missed anything or not gone down an avenue. We should have. Okay.
1: Well, okay. We appreciate your time. I, I think that, like you say, I think that was a good summary too. that. And like I say, it doesn't come up on every call and there are times where there's other things going on that we just haven't addressed. And, but I think kind of landing on that there towards the end, maybe we don't even need to go into that. I mean, like, you, Mm. you know, the answers without really even need to talking about them. So,
2: well, there we go. Yes. A perfectly (laughs) self-realized guest. (laughs) Yes. Well, let Um, me hit the close. You're going to say something. Oh, I, I was just going to say thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, it was it was it was really great talking to you guys.
1: Our yeah, pleasure too. So again thank you thank you to anybody out there listening to come do please visit us at horror makes we've got a list of guests there that we've interviewed and you can look through those we have a wish list on there so if you can put us in touch with anybody let us know if you'd like to have anybody added to the list let us know you can also look through merch and logo designs and stuff like that um, you can also support us on patreon or buy us a coffee uh, again horror makes us